We get the best of both worlds today. A little bit of football, a little bit of basketball. We start things off with talking about, well, what are the top five storylines going into this offseason for Michigan State? And then we are joined by Rob Cassidy. He heads up all things directing uh, basketball recruiting at Rivals. He joins us for segments two and three. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here at Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week here on the Locked on Podcast Network. We're going to do it all today. We're going to hit the hardwood here in segments two and three, speak 2024 basketball recruiting for your Michigan State Spartans coming up with Rob Cassidy of the Rivals Network. But first, it's Top 5 Tuesday. Yes, happy fop. Top 5 Tuesday to those that celebrate. That's right, we've been doing that this offseason, um, and we're going to keep it going here. The t- today's top five list is going to be top five storylines for MSU football going into the summer. Spring practice has all wrapped up, all right, and we're not going to hear a lot from anything on the practice field all the way up until August. It's going to be quite some time before we start getting more leaks and quotes and notes outside of the practice facility for our Michigan State Spartans, but Of course, there's still a lot that's going to happen here in the next few months. Uh, Let's get things kicked off here with uh, still a story on everyone's mind and will be on everyone's mind this entire offseason. Numero uno quarterbacks. That's right, quarterbacks. We're not going to find out a lot in this gap between here and the beginning of August, but we can always think of what can even happen. Like, for example, does Caden Hauser even have enough time to climb to what seems to be the number three spot on this depth chart all the way up to number one? Again, we talked about this after the spring open practice that I was pretty surprised how open uh, Mel Tucker tipped his hand at the quarterback battle going on, pretty clearly labeling Peyton Thorne number one at the first practice, Noah Kim number two, and Caden Hauser number three. Now, Throughout spring practice, uh, we have been hearing that, oh no, all three guys are getting equal reps at the ones, but that's not what we saw when uh, this team had a chance to go public uh, on Big Ten Network in front of about fifteen to 20,000 fans at Spartan Stadium, what have you. So yeah, that, that's going to be a long way, not just to climb to a starting position, but a starting position over a guy in Peyton Thorne that has had 30 starts under his belt so far. Again, it's hard to unseat the incumbent in any walk of life. Uh, And that goes the same with, well, the quarterback position in college. So is that going to be enough time for Kane Hauser to work his way up in this offseason by the time August rolls around and in those short weeks before the season even begins? And the same goes for Noah Kim as well. Showed a lot of dazzling moments uh, at Saturday's open practice. Also saw a lot of, you know, kind of wonky throws as well. But we also saw a lot of the same thing from Peyton Thorne that we've seen last season. You know, kind of scampering out of the pocket, checking down a lot. And again, not to overanalyze uh, an open spring practice, especially where the scrimmage portion only lasted 20 or 30 minutes. But like... Again, we also do have a 30-game sample size of him, so yeah, it would be nice to see a a step forward in his ceiling here, but we're not going to see that here for the next few months. Storyline number two going into the offseason here is, well, who's who's leaving? Uh, Mel Tucker talked a little bit about that after the open practice on Saturday that he doesn't really anticipate anyone going to the transfer portal, but... It's college football. You know, I, I think that he knows that there's a pretty good percent chance that someone, if not maybe a few people, will leave. Maybe people that have changed positions. 
Uh, I know that Hamp Fay, he has been just ping-ponged around the offensive side, the defensive side, back to the offensive side. Came here as a quarterback, moved to safety, now he's a tight end. Is he just going to end up leaving eventually, maybe to play at a lesser Division I school back home in Texas or a D2 school? I don't know. Uh, Harold Joyner was another guy that switched positions. He came here as the running back transfer from Auburn. And now he's going to be a defensive back as well. I doubt he transfers again because this is his last year here. And so I think it's either you stay at Michigan State or you don't go anywhere. So he might stick around there too. Um, someone did comment on the last YouTube video, hey, why isn't anyone talking about Harold Joyner switching to the defensive backfield? And I'll put it as bluntly as I, I can. It's not going to sound nice, but... If this season comes to Harold Joyner getting meaningful reps at defensive back this upcoming season, things are going horribly, Ron. Okay, um, I, I don't think he's at defensive back because of how strong he showed out in practice or showed great glimpses. I think it was a more of a, well, you're kind of fifth, if not sixth, on the depth chart at running back. Let's try to find you another position, young man. Hey, how about this cornerback position that really doesn't have a lot of depth? Ah, let's just let's just give it a try there because. You're not going anywhere anyway, so let's just give it our best shot. So that's my analysis on the Harold Joyner switching to defense position right there. More importantly, storyline number three. More importantly than guys that are going out, because I don't think MSU is going to lose a starter here uh, in the spring transfer portal window. Very rare for that to happen at any program, really, in the spring transfer portal window. But who is going to come in is storyline number three here. And... Uh, you can always use depth, right? And I think a lot of it is going to be on defense. Mel Tucker said that they could add another one or two guys. That number obviously grows to three or four if one or two guys leave the program. Uh, but yeah, like, do you go ahead and get yourself some depth at linebacker uh, or safety, for example, or cornerback? I mean, I think those are three position groups that you can never use enough depth in. And whether that's just because I'm looking at the roster right now or... I'm just so scarred with what happened last year, and MSU had about 79 injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe I'm still a little skittish about that. Or do you go ahead and get yourself a kicker or two as well in the offseason? Uh, Jonathan Kim, yes, he has yet to show up to campus as he is transferring from North Carolina this summer. But again, this is a kid that I think just kicked one extra point last year. I think he's only attempted one actual in-game field goal. In his career at North Carolina, yes, he's got a live leg, but I want as many options on this kicking unit as humanly possible. So if you want to burn up all two or three of those extra scholarships on kickers, you're not going to hear a lot of fuss from me. Uh, also, I want to uh, clear something up that I've said in episodes past when talking about the kicking position. I've said, hey, Steven Rusnak, okay, he's got his name in the mix. Uh, ben Patton's coming back. That's Ron. That, that was Ron. Uh, ben Patton no longer with the program. Uh, he did have a senior day ceremony last year. They did honor him in that senior day. They did honor a few other kids, though, that either could have come back or uh, maybe did come. No, I think it was all kids that could have come back but ended up not doing that. Anyway, that's that's Ben Patton. So sorry if I led you astray there in the past by uh, telling you that Ben Patton is coming back because when he did sign to Michigan State last year, he did have three years of eligibility remaining, but obviously not going to use those last two years. Uh, so just wanted to clear that up. But yeah, as far as who comes in, doesn't it feel like the offense is kind of shored up? Like I'd be a little surprised to see them use one of these spots on an offensive position. Like the ride receiver room looks pretty stacked. I mean, it is a pretty healthy competition for that third wide receiver spot. 
tight end. I don't know if they want to add a 16th tight end in this offseason via the transfer portal. Uh, quarterback, I highly doubt you need another one of those. Running back seems to be really healthy. You got Jalen Berger and then also transfers Jaron Mangum, who looked pretty solid at the spring game, and then Nathan Carter, who looked more than solid at the spring game. And the offensive line, we've been talking about how deep they are the entire offseason. So, yeah, I would be a little surprised to see them use any uh, remaining spots on offense. Uh, number four storyline here is, hey, let's talk about a guy that we haven't seen in quite some time on the playing field, Darius Snow. He still had that big old brace on his left leg during the spring open practice. Also tweeted out that same night that the next time we all see him, he will be hitting people. So, you know, to, to me, that sure seems like he expects to be playing this fall. But yeah, when that injury happened against Western Michigan, I mean, there was some chatter that like, now that's that might be it for him. That is a devastating injury that will be really hard for him to come back from. But hey, his spirits seem to be positive. He was on the field and everything, still around the program. So yeah, that's going to give depth to either well the linebacker position with Cal Halliday, Jacoby Winman, Aaron Brule, and uh, Jordan Hall, or more likely the nickel position. You have Dylan Tatum there. Maybe Angelo Gross slips into there as well, or Darius just goes back home to the nickel position. Versatile player, great player, awesome tackler. Even if you just get 80% of what Darius Snow was, I mean, 100% an asset to this team. That's not going to shock anyone there with that take. And the fifth storyline as we go into the summer here, that's right, this is going to be the bulk of the talk for MSU football going forward into these warm weather months. That is recruiting! That's right, and what about recruiting? That's a that's a rhetorical and non-rhetorical question. Um, because, look, Michigan State, okay, they're sitting at four commits for the 2024 class right now. And that's eh, okay, that's it's fine, I guess. I mean, that is around the number they were sitting at uh, in last year's class when they got out of the spring game. I believe they had three commits, and you can look at that one of two ways. One, that, okay, don't panic, everything's fine. Or two, you're going to say, well, Matt, they only had 18 kids signed to that class. I'm not sure if that's necessarily inspiring talk right there, but... Uh, if you got your glass half full or half empty, I'm going to let you decide that one. And also, what happens in the month of June? Last June, uh, we were nearly popping champagne bottles on this show, and a lot of other people were because the East Lansing was the place to be. They had the most four-stars and five-stars flock here than I think every other program in the nation. I think that included Georgia and Ohio State. Clearly, that did not resonate on signing day. Yes, MSU still had a... a fantastic class considering they came off a five and seven record but I think there's gonna be a little bit different strategy going into this cycle I don't know if it's going to be just hey let's get every single five-star we possibly can in here to do a sweet photo shoot only to never hear from them ever again and maybe finish third on their selection day uh d debate I, I don't know so yeah it's going to be a different strategy I think different kids coming in how different will it be of course, we're still going to see some four stars. Uh, I'm sure a five star two will pop up, but maybe not as heavy as it was last year. And also, well, the the person that's going to be deciding this just might be the recruiting director. There is one problem right now as we are recording on Monday afternoon. You don't have one right now. Uh, Saeed Khalif, he was let go once his contract ran out. And right now, that director of recruiting office is vacant. Yeah, cobwebs building up in there, but Mel Tucker did speak about this about a week or two ago, saying that uh, something's in, uh, something's going to happen somewhat soon. Uh, so, yeah, it's on Mel Tucker's radar. That goes without saying. But, yeah, that's, that's going to be a storyline. Recruiting's always going to be a storyline in the summer, but, mm, man, is it going to be important for Michigan State here to see what they can do and just how they do it compared to last year. 
Because, man, it was exciting last year, but I think we've all realized that that just might not be it here. Maybe we just need a few more successful seasons under our belt before we really start going that nutso. But, eh, you know what? Can't knock him for trying. Uh, you gave it a shot. Uh, all right. We will be joined by Rob Cassidy of Rivals here in a hot segment. But first, gang, you need to jump on FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Look, NBA playoffs, they are here. NHL playoffs are here. We got the Zurich Classic. That's right, the PGA event going down in New Orleans. But we're also here to talk about the MLB season. That's right, even when the Tigers aren't playing because they're having phantom rain delays or just not playing because it's too cold, uh, there's a lot of other baseball action. And right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you do not win. Also, sweeten things up with the same game parlay you can bet on. Hey, this guy's going to have this many total bases. This pitcher's going to have X amount of strikeouts. It's going to go over this many runs in five innings. Get paid, guys. Come on. Don't miss your chance to get on the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Tis the season to talk basketball recruiting. We're going to talk 2024 guys coming up here. But, hey, it's got to probably introduce our guest here. It is Director of Basketball Operation over at Rivals. His name is Rob Cassidy. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. How on earth are you doing, man? Are you doing okay? Yeah, things are good. It's like, uh, sorry, my background is like a little scrunched up. We just moved. So I'm like in this dungeon of an unfinished basement with a background trap behind me. And I'm still <laughs> trying to kind of tweak it. It doesn't look as nice and organized as your machine state stuff back there, but hopefully I'll get like you one day. Sure. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can just have a cardboard cutout of yourself uh, behind you and some broken <laughs> that's what everybody needs, boards. Right? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what every professional studio has. Uh, books they haven't even touched in three years. So, yeah, it's a uh, high, high professional studio over here uh, as well. But um, we're going to get into brass tacks here, 2024 recruiting for Michigan State. And uh, you know what? I, I guess he's still the man of the hour. Let's talk about Kurt Tang a little bit. He committed not too long ago to Michigan State, six foot four shooting guard out of the East Coast. How much of him have you been able to watch? And when you do, what's what sticks out about his game? I've seen him for a long time. Um, you know, one of the things okay. I like most about him is actually how long I've seen him. So he was a freshman. He's been playing 17U Nike EYBL basketball since he was a freshman. So in that way, okay. he's battle tested. And I think it's kind of forced him to deal with the to, to become a more physical guard, which is kind of one of his defining traits. Like when you look at Kerr, he's a streaky shooter. Uh, when he gets hot from outside is when he's at his best. But what he does best is kind of absorb contact. He gets to his spots on the floor. He's got a lethal mid-range game. Uh, and he can finish through being bumped. You know, you're not going to bump him. You're not going to make him uncomfortable by bumping him because he's been playing against 17-year-olds since he was 14. Um, so while he still does need to add some weight, I love that physicality. You know, he's kind of a throwback in that way where he's kind of a bully to guard. Uh, and I think you'll see that at Michigan State. I think that fits well with what Izzo does there too. And things that, you know, go well hand-in-hand hand with Izzo is if you could play defense, and there aren't a lot of defensive shots in a lot of kids' highlight tapes. Kurtang is no different. But if you've seen him play, then what is his defense like? Does it need to take another step, or do you think it's pretty close to being polished uh, for Big Ten play? You know, I don't know if it's polished, but the thing that you like is that he is a high-effort defender. You know, he doesn't take possessions off. Okay. He's got the length to defend multiple positions. He's got to put on some weight, I think, because sometimes, you know, as he does some bullying on the offensive end of the court, he's also, if he gets caught in a switch or something on a bigger guy, uh, that could be a problem just because he's not strong enough right now. 
Um, but I think he'll get there. You know, I think he's the kind of guy that's going to play meaningful minutes at Michigan State next year. I don't think that he's ready to come right in and start for Tom Izzo, but I think okay. that he has the skill set to play some big minutes there. Yeah, that just took the next question right out of my mouth. I was going to say instant starter, you think? But, I mean, sounds like definitely an impact guy uh, right off the bat. Yeah, as he gets as he gets more comfortable, A, playing defense, and B, shooting from range. And he can shoot it. This isn't to say that he's a bad shooter because he's not, because I've been sitting courtside at games where he's made seven, eight threes. Yeah. But I've also been sitting courtside right. at a number of games where he goes one for eight. <laughs> so as that kind of levels out, gotcha. uh, I think that they'll trust him a little bit more. And, and, you know, as he gets bigger, he becomes a better defender. And he might have company, too, in the 2024 class with Tom Izzo with the Spartans because uh, out of Ohio, Jesse McCullough, uh, you know, six foot eight, six foot nine big man, depending on what roster you look at. He is committing on the 20th. It is down between Michigan State. Alabama is going to be in the mix here. Is, is MSU squarely in the driver's seat going into this one? Or do you see another school like Bama or another one that I didn't name kind of in the shadows here? I'd be pretty surprised if it was anybody but Michigan State. Um, that okay. seems to be what everything's pointed to. That's what seems to be what his camp is pointing to. I think that he'll land there. Um, and I think that, you know, he's one that's kind of an interesting get because he, you know, at his size, even being a forward, he's a more reliable outside shooter than even Tank. Uh, I think that's kind of the strength okay. of his game right oh. now is he can kind of stretch the floor. Uh, he doesn't handle it as well as some other point forwards or whatever, but he can shoot it. You know, he can sit out there and if you leave him open, he's a catch and shoot guy that can really kind of space the floor. And so modern day four man, I mean, can he play center? I mean, because that, that is, it's not, you know, a seven footer exactly, but kind of tall ish. Could he play any center at all? Or is he strictly a four? He you think? could in a small ball lineup, I think. Um, you know, I don't think you want him guarding Oscar Shibwe or anything, anything like that. Yeah, probably not. But, you know, he's a guy that works hard. He'll, he'll, he'll impact the game on the glass. He's not a great rim protector. I mean, obviously, just because of his size and. You know, he just doesn't have that skill set yet. That's not to say he can't learn it. Okay. Um, but he is good in the way that he can step out a little bit, where if he gets caught on a smaller defender, he can stay in front of them for a little while. Um, they'll have to teach him to beef up and, and to get a little bit more physical defensively, I think, because he's not quite there when it comes to defense in the paint. And is it even worth throwing out like a second place team right now in the Jesse McCullough sweepstakes, or is MSU just that ahead of the game where we really don't even have to worry about who could be a silver? I player? haven't heard any other name in weeks. Um I, I this is shocked. great. Awesome. <laughs> we'll we'll see though. I mean, you never know. Things crazier things yeah. have happened in recruiting, and there's still some time oh, yeah. between now and what's he oh, announcing yeah. on the 20th, I think. Yep, you got it. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I mean there's some time there, but if he was announcing right now today, I would uh I'd bet a significant chunk of change on the Spartans. Okay, there we go. Well, that's not a bad start to the class if that's how it unfolds. Uh we also got some guys that you know, are, they're not announcing anytime soon, but they are going to be names that we want to know for the 2024 class. And let's just kick it off with one of the Spartan basketball family members, Jace Richardson, uh, son of Jason Richardson, who, of course, also played under Tom Izzo as well. Where's that recruitment stand right now? Do you think MSU is, again, in the driver's seat for that one, or is that one going to be a little more wide open despite him being a legacy? Um, These kids are funny, you know, like, because, like, oh yeah, they will always oh, lie yeah. to you, like, especially, like, the kids that are <laughs> legacies. Like, if you talk to the Boozer Twins, they will swerve out of their way. Duke, uh-huh. I've never heard of Duke, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, but so when you talk to Jace about Michigan State, you can tell he doesn't, because they all want to be recruited, right? So even if it of is... Course. Yeah. You know, even if he is decided already in the back of his mind that he's going to Michigan State, he will act like 
you know, I mean, they're not even talking to me. I don't know what's going on over there. Why would you assume they're yeah. Michigan State? Because they know that if it gets out there and everybody assumes they're going there, then they won't get recruited. And like, so it's hard to say with him. You know, there are some legacies that go against the grain, but I can't imagine a situation where if Izzo is still there, and I think everybody expects him to be, that he won't be in the running to land Jake. You know, it's his dad obviously loves it there. The kid's been on campus. He's familiar with, you know, with these oh, yeah. things. It would be surprising to me, but when you talk to you, know, then you don't want to call the kid a liar, you know. But when you talk to him, he'll act like, "Oh, you know, I, I don't think sure." So, you know, I don't. <laughs> so, in my heart of hearts, though, I think that uh, Michigan State is definitely the team to watch. Gotcha. And you know, there are two other names uh, in concrete that you know we're going to keep our eye on here. Um, and the first one, you know, let's work with the four star, and then we'll end on the five star here. The four star is going to be Aiden Cheryl. Team to beat for that one because I got a feeling that MSU maybe not be in first place right now. But I mean, hey, once you start stacking a, together a good class, as you've seen all the time recruiting, then that might attract some other big name kids. But right now, who's number one for Aiden Cheryl? You know, uh, I don't know. I you know, I don't think it's Michigan State. He's one that's kind of played this close to yeah. the best. Um, he's Very, been yeah. he's been an interesting case to watch though because he's he's kind of a stretch two as a forward. He's a, a stretch four as a forward. He doesn't shoot it particularly well, but he does handle the ball really well. Uh, and I like his game. I okay. think that he's one that also could see some more offers this year. Um, you know, he kind of plays second fiddle on his team. Uh, he's going to come, okay. he's going to come to EYBL. He's going to be the focal point and he might get more offers. And if that happens, things could change this summer. Uh, I don't think he has an announcement date planned, but he's not one that, that I, I mean, I think Michigan State will be there for him, but I wouldn't bet much money on the Spartans there. And Bryson Tucker is, of course, the five-star that we're going to talk about here. Uh, went down to IMG Academy down in Florida, has since left. Uh, there's been a lot of silence around his recruitment, but I, it goes without saying that every single program in the country is going to be after him and heck, maybe even some pro leagues as well. How much do you know about Bryson Tucker's commitment? Is it really that sealed where even the director the oper- or the, the uh, operating director of Rivals is, is stunned on this one too? He he's interesting because I remember him. I talk, I, I see it as Duke and Michigan State yeah. at the top, just because he's been pretty okay. vocal about Michigan State and how he wants to visit there and how his dad loves it there and he wants to go up there. And I don't know if he's called it his dream school because I can't remember the last time I talked to him. It's been a year since he ghosted IMG. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily okay. a knock on him, by the way, but that's another conversation to have. Sure. Um, I think that Duke is going to be a player, and you know how they've been going lately. They're a pretty tough team to beat. You know, then you look at like maybe an overtime elite or a G League could be involved in there too. Uh, but I think I, I think Duke and Michigan State will be there until the end, among other schools. But I think they're good bets to be standing when he starts trimming his list. It'll be interesting where he lands for high school next year. Uh, no kidding. Right. Yeah. Hey, if, you know, if he wants to start at MSU a year early, I'm sure we got an open scholarship spot. That <laughs> yeah. is, would just, you, know, he, you know, and I feel, like, I, I feel like I should say this while we're here. We're talking about him. I feel like people are real quick to jump on a guy for leaving a school in the middle of a season. But mm-hmm. those people don't understand these basketball schools. Like it's not – it is for some people, but it is a place where you can get there at IMG and realize, oh, man, I don't have a prom. Like I want a high school experience. This is not for me. Yeah. And I think right. when you're a kid that young and that kind of hits you in the face, I I don't think that you can fault him for being like, all right, I'm out of here. I, you know, I wouldn't like doing that. And it's nothing against IMG. It's it's for some kids. It's just, right. It's definitely, especially when you're as young as he is, it can definitely be a culture shock. And I think that's part of the reason he decided he was out of there. 
Yeah, it's essentially starting in your college career early. I mean, just the way they structure everything and heck, I mean, if, if you're one of the athletes that have to pay tuition down there as well, uh, yeah, but you not leave, they don't tuition. let you leave campus. It's not like it's not like you can have a regular yeah. high school experience where you go to the movies with the girl from your science class or whatever. I mean, the only girls down there are sure. like Swedish tennis players. It's it, you don't get to leave campus. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's a crazy situation. <laughs> It's it's a fa- it's a factory more than it is a school, but I, hey, they they get results and, and they get they do, quite 100%. often. percent. Um, it's for some people for sure, and it's helped a lot of kids. Yeah. Uh, but I can also see his point of view where it's like, okay, this is not, definitely not for me. Sure, yeah, no doubt. And so, uh, amongst all those names, are, are there anyone? Is there anyone that I missed here? Is is there a name that I didn't bring up that you're surprised and you're wondering? Well, does this guy really host an MSU podcast if he left this person out? So, what, what, no, those are pretty right much now. the big got? ones that, that everybody's talking about. I think you're going to see, starting this weekend, where you know the shoe circuits all kick off, there'll be some more names mm-hmm. that, that surface because Izzo will be out on the road, and his distance will be out on the road. I'll be in Omaha. Um, I like running into him, too, because he always sits. Okay. I always notice this, though, right? He sits. <laughs> he's, he's there early. He sits on the baseline. And the last two times I've seen him, he's had a local newspaper in his hand, which as a guy that came from newspapers, I love very much. Like He, he sits there, he reads love the newspaper that. before the first game starts. It's a very, like, gentle old man thing to do, and I, I love it very much. That's amazing. Any any good interactions with Izzo? Do you get to talk to him face face, or do you just kind of just let him be? In passing, you know, it's, it's some of these coaches I know better than others. Him, I said hi to, yeah. you know, I don't have a ton of good stories from him, but he's always around and it seems like he likes to do the work. Like some of these head coaches let their assistants do a lot of the heavy lifting at these events where they'll watch a game or two if it's a high profile target and then they'll he'll let the assistants report back. But it seems like Izzo yeah. is there from start to finish for the most part at these circuit events. That's what I always hear too. And like, I know he's got a vacation house on the West side of the state. And I always think like, what do you ever go there? Like has has Tom ever actually been at his own vacation house? Because this man is working ruthlessly around the clock, but well, it's even worse now too. I feel bad for these coaches because it's like, I know there is no downtime. (laughs) Now it's like portal season. Portal season's right into AAU season. And I mean, whatever used to be like, Hey, take a vacation. Those days are over. Like the dead period is roughly six minutes long now. Yeah, that's, that's then there's an extra live period coaching. this year too. And if you're not out there, everybody else is. And I almost think yeah. you know, that's a yeah. conversation for another podcast too. That they've got to put some limitations on some of this just for everybody's sanity. Like it's it's yeah. nuts, right? Just to get Izzo to his lake house, you know, get get his money's yeah. worth. Let out, the man out, read the newspaper the on, Michigan on the lake or whatever it is he does. Right. <laughs> yeah, in peace. <laughs> right. Come on now. Throw, throw him a bone here. I, I cannot let you go without talking about this. This is in your Twitter uh, bio. Two WWE pinball machine records oh, yeah. in two different cities. How? I, that's my question. Just how? 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 <laughs> so I like pinball. I like pinball. And I like the WWE. Um, I just moved from Miami to Pittsburgh, like okay, you know, five months ago. So I can't confirm uh-huh. that the high score I still have in Miami at a bar called Mama Tried uh, exists there still because I haven't seen it in a few months. But it was there when I moved. Okay. And since moving, there is a arcade here that I take my kids to called. Uh, it's like uh, what's it uh-huh. called? It's like a chicken place, uh, chicken on the run or something. It's in the strip district in Pittsburgh. It has the same WWE pinball with John Cena. And after uh, three or four attempts over there, trips up there, I set the high score there to us. So I hope they both. I hope they both stay. Wow, that's my claim to fame. Wow, that's sensational. So did, when you go to Pittsburgh, did you seek out this machine, or is that you're just in this chicken restaurant and it just mm-hmm. what like a uh, ocean? 
it, no, it, it appeared to me like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction where you open it and it's like a glowing, <laughs> like I was like, oh man, there it is. And I already had the high score. And, you know, we, we've gone two or three times. Um, and the third time I find, you know, I spent probably $20 in it while my kids were running around playing their game. Sure. Uh, you know, being a attentive father that I am, completely ignored them and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. in favor of John Cena <laughs> and, and finally said it. That's amazing. Uh, it's just like the rest of this conversation, Rob. I really do appreciate you, man. Uh, anything you want to throw out there? Anything you want to plug before we let you go and enjoy the rest of your week here? No, not, you know, I don't have anything to plug. I'm not writing a book. Um, maybe one day. Uh, okay. But no, I appreciate you having me on. It's been fun. It's uh, Anytime you guys need me, I'm here for you. All right, there we are. See you tomorrow then. This is going to be great. Awesome. Well, uh, no, on a real note, thanks a ton, Rob. This is great. I, I, yeah, I'm really not the full time co host of the Locked On Spartans podcast. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> no, shoot. Me. All right. Yeah, you got it, man. Bye, guys.